Orale. Bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFB podcast. I'm your host, Jorge Martin, and today, well, we, it's it's special day. It's special day. We're going back to the Midwest, Familia. We are going back <laughs> to the Midwest. We are going to uh, the land of queso, uh, also known as the land of the cheeseheads, uh, Wisconsin, Packer country, go pack go. I've got plenty of primos who are really excited about this because I've got some friends, some 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 primos who are fans. Dusty Evely. Yes, sir. Uh, the the joining us today, El Gran Invitado. He is uh, a writer for Cheesehead TV. He's also a writer for Packer Report and Packer Report 66, numero 66. And right. also he is the host of the Pack a Day podcast, 24-7, 365, the only podcast on the Packers that is daily throughout the year, even Christmas, even New yeah. Year's, even right. Thanksgiving. <laughs> he is on it. Dusty, and you're also you also have the name of one of my all-time favorite Dodgers, Dusty Baker. There we go. Uh, there so we go. Thank okay. you. It's un gran placer. Welcome to the Familia FFP podcast. Thank oh, thanks. You. Thanks for having me, man. That was quite an intro. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, good to I always gonna be talking Packers. Thanks for having me on, man. Oh, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Now I, I uh your bios had one of the most interesting things I have ever seen. And it was uh, that you're a gentleman honey farmer. <laughs> so please, por favor, please explain. This you're one a- of you're one of two people that were asking about that. Um, it's actually it's a lie. First of all, it's a lie. Um, one of my all-time favorite TV shows is Arrested Development, and in season four, there's an offhanded line that one of the characters they ask what he's been up to, and he just says he turned into a gentleman honey farmer, and it just absolutely killed me. And uh, I had room in my bio, so I was like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna steal this. I'm just gonna put gentleman honey farmer, and we're gonna see what happens. And you are, I think I've had that up there. Hey, three years at this point. You're the second person to ask about it. So yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. That that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Arrested development. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That's it. That that's that that's a good show. That that's it a good really show. is. Okie doke. Okay. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, first off, how long how long have you been covering the Packers? Oh man, yeah, I've been a fan my whole life. Um, I'm from the Detroit area, but I'm a fan of my whole life my whole life. I've been writing uh, I, I kind of started, I think, probably 2009, like just kind of offhand a little bit here and there, and then kind of started really getting into it uh, when they released the coaches film. So I think that was 2012, 2013, something like that. So eight or nine years or something kind of writing from a film slash uh, scheme perspective, just, you know, started small little blog with a friend of mine and, and kind of worked my way up a little bit. But yeah, I'd say probably eight or nine years I've been I've been doing this in in, in one way, shape or form. I will say, you know, considering uh, the histories of the Lions and the Packers, uh, I think you made a good choice. <laughs> well, as, yeah, as far as your team, is yeah, rest of my teams are all Detroit. Uh, my major teams are Detroit, but I really, man, I dodged a bullet. I dodged a bullet there, so thank God for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Tigers, Pistons, mm-hmm. the, the, okay. Red Wings, yep, Red mm-hmm. Wings. Okay, we be in, we be in. I, I mean, the Pistons. They, they, they got the, uh, I'm a Laker fan. So they got them okay. once in the yep. 19, 1990 and then 2004 again. So, uh, that's yeah. And right. then they're just going to, they're going to ride off into the sunset. They're never going to do anything again, but I got to see a few titles in my lifetime. So I'm, I'm happy as a lark, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know, you're, you know, titles, you've seen some titles, mm-hmm. uh, as a, as a Packer fan, uh, one with Brett Favre, one with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. 
chasing it again, chasing it again, right? Putting, you know, rolling that, rolling that bowl, that boulder up the hill again. You yeah. got Aaron Rodgers, reigning MVP, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you had, uh, and I, I promise you this, I'm only going to ask you about 2021. Okay. I'm not going to ask you about next year because <laughs> I don't think he knows about yeah. next year. So why I don't let's let's not let's not even go there. No vamos a hacer nada de eso. It's, it's fair. Uh, but it but first off, can you kind of describe what that offseason was like? With uh, just I mean, I I don't know how it could how, how you could cover you know conceivably cover the team and still be uh, and and not kind of pull your hair out and go crazy. It's weird, man. It's weird. And, and I mean, so for what I do, I, as far as writing, I don't, I don't really touch that stuff. So like, I just, it was kind of fun. I lived in my own little world, man. You know, there and Roger stuff, is he coming back or not? And I'm looking at plays from Super Bowl one. I'm like, well, what happened in this play in Super Bowl one? And so I kind of, my writing life, I kind of, I stayed in my own little bubble there kind of separate from all this, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was weird. It was, it was I mean, it kind of took you through all this stuff. He's going to come back. He's going to come back. And then the longer it goes, he's not saying anything. That's clear. There's a riff there. I was draft night. I really thought he was getting traded on draft night. Once they got past the Broncos, I kind of breathed a sigh of relief, but I really thought he was getting traded because all that stuff was hitting early, but it's been at a certain point. I think the vast majority of Packers fans, Packers writers, you know, some people, you know, still writing about it because you got to write about it. It's still a story, but at a certain point, I think we all just hit a wall and it was like, listen, he's going to do. And I try to live my life, uh, essentially like I try to control what I can control. And so you, at a certain point for a lot of people, I think they kind of hit that as well. Or as you get to a certain point, you're like, listen, man, he might stay, he might go. It's clear. He's not talking until, uh, you know, pretty close to training camp. Um, even if he shows up or talks during training camp. And so there's no sense in kind of stressing about this stuff. Eventually he's going to, he's going to show up and he's going to say, I'm playing or I'm not playing. Uh, there's not really a whole lot we can do. So, I mean, he drug that out as long as humanly possible. Uh, it did make for a bit of a stressful situation at times. And you know, what is that riff like between the front office and him? It's clear there's still something there, but, uh, and then, you know, my main thing is, okay, when he shows up, what's he going to be like? Has he, has he been, has he been training? Um, you know, you see these pictures of him, he's out in Hawaii and everything has been training as hard as he has. Is he going to come in kind of sharp or is he going to kind of come in, you know, kind of lackadaisical? Uh, and I think he answered those questions real quick. Um, I, you know, all reports are that he's looking really good out there. So, but it, I mean, it's, it's good now, like you said, 2021, I think it's going to be fun. Who knows after that, but it was, a, it was kind of a stressful and very, strange off season. It was different. You know, I was around for the Favre stuff and it was, it was different than the Favre stuff. Cause you could, he had one foot out the door the whole time. Rogers was just, you just waiting, man. Is he, I think he's going to show up or it's just, it's so weird, man. So, I mean, we're, t- but we're talking about an all time great. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the athletic ju- today just uh, released that he's the number 21 player in NFL history. I mean, a great article on that. You know, we're talking about a guy who threw 48 touchdowns last year was the MVP. You know, it's hard to say he's going to repeat. Right. But uh, this is Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't think there's anything to say he's not at the peak of his powers. Uh, he's, you know, he's still got Devontae Adams to throw to. He's still got Aaron Aaron Jones behind him. He's still, mm-hmm. you know, he's still got weapons. What is kind of, you know, and this is also a guy who's thrown 40 touchdowns a couple other times. You know, mm-hmm. people talk in the fantasy community, people talk about regression a lot, but mm-hmm. I mean, we can we still be seeing him with that proverbial chip on his shoulder that everybody sure. <laughs> loves to talk about? Could he be, uh, still be, you know, at that, at that high level, maybe not 48 touchdowns, but maybe kind of sniffing at it? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm big into. I mean, really, before I started writing about it from film perspective, the thing that really got me into kind of diving into football was, um, you know, some of the, some of the advanced metrics. So, Football Outsiders, and before even PFF was a thing, Football Outsiders was kind of on it. So, big into um, you know looking at regression and you know fumble luck and all all the stuff that kind of you know look at the the Pythagorean wins and typically you you hit that if you hit it by too much. Like I'm all, I'm looking at those factors heading into every year. I will say. I mean, listen, saying that someone's going to recreate a 48 touchdown, five interception year, whoever it was, that's insane. Like, again, like you said, like regression, probably just because it's really hard to hit those numbers, man. It's really hard to hit those numbers. But I mean, I think, I think, and this is what happened, you know, up to the Jordan Love thing. He had a year where he wasn't great, but it was because he busted up his knee, broke a bone in his knee in that week one game against the Bears that he came back against. And then McCarthy was fired. And that next year is that new system put in his first new system since he had been with the Green Bay, notoriously tough system to break into. It was always kind of like his numbers were down, I think 26, 28 touchdowns, those, those two seasons, something like that. It was kind of this second year in the floor system. That's when it's going to hit. Everything's going to click. And it did. I mean, he, he bought into all the stuff he needed to buy into mastered that system. And I think the one thing that leaves me one thing, multiple things that leave me to think he could recreate that or get close to recreating that he's still Aaron Rodgers. You see like, when a quarterback starts to get old, the first thing that goes is the deep ball. The deep ball accuracy is the first thing to go. And you've seen glimpses of that with him every now and then. But, like, it's just me. He's just not perfect all the time, which you're kind of used to. He's still got a gun. Um, he's gotten better with his mechanics, which kind of, you know, uh, allows him to age a little more gracefully. He can still move enough. You know, he didn't take a ton of hits last year either. And I think looking in this this year, it's his third year in the system. He's obviously not going to have to jump the head in year two because that's insane. But a lot of the, I mean, it's a lot of young guys on the team because they always have young guys on the team, but it's the talent they have that are still around. I mean, it's, it's Devonte Adams. It's MVS who's entering uh, year four, who's just, I mean, I think perfect for this system and the reports out of him in a training camp are amazing. Alan Lazard, who's like the blocking guy, perfect for that system. Uh, Cobb is back. Uh, you know, his first year in the system. But those three guys there, say Adams, MVS, Lazard, have been in this system now for three years. Aaron Jones has been in for three years. A.J. Dillon, I think, is going to be huge, both in the rushing and the receiving game. Uh, and he's entering his year two after not playing much in year one. Then you got Tunyon with his breakout. Mercedes Lewis is back for year three. DeGuara suited up in year three. Like, I year two, I guess, because DeGuara didn't really play much last year. It, you've got, like, it's Rodgers who has mastered this system. And now you have all these pieces around him who have come up in this system. It's it's their second or third year, most of them. And I mean, you've got like all the nuances, all those checks, all the stuff that goes into that stuff. He's got them. They've got one rookie. They got Amari Rogers, who I love uh, is super smart on the receiving corner. I don't think he's going to play that much, but you look at the guys that he's got, they all kind of know what they're doing at this point, man. It's third year in the system. It's Aaron Rodgers, like not peak of his powers. Cause he's what 38, 39. Um, and I listen, I'm 41 and I have a hard time getting about it in the morning. So seeing what he's doing, like just a little bit younger than me is insane. Uh, but, but it's, I mean, I really think that's it. You saw that jump in year two, year three. I think there's just that extra comfort level. They're going to work in a few more things, few more things schematically, little wrinkles on stuff. And you have all those guys that understand that system inside and out at this point. So again, like a jump, like, I don't think he's, you know, Rogers not throwing for 60 touchdowns, but I wouldn't be shocked if his numbers end up, you know, somewhere along what we said, what we saw last year, just based on everyone he's got around him. And it's kind of crazy that he did it so efficiently. I mean, he, yeah. he only threw a little more than like 31 times a game Yeah, and on average, 31 times a game. I mean, that's not, that's the same that Ryan Tannehill was throwing last year. And you know, only maybe one more attempt than Ryan Tannehill. And people keep talking about Ryan Tannehill. It's like, oh, he's all about the efficiency. But, 
I mean, Aaron Rodgers, geez, Cornette, that's, yeah. I mean, again, we're talking about an all time great. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it, I, I know we talk about regression and, and you're right. I, I love it. But, uh, you know, sometimes some guys are regression proof, you know, look at that guy uh, down in Tampa. Um, oh, I'm not talking about him. No, we, we won't. We won't talk about that. <laughs> we'll we'll leave that one. Even though, yeah, it'll be the AR12 uh, method that's uh, that keeps <laughs> right. that keeps Rogers playing that's for right. another five years. Um, well, let's go. You know, you touched on the running backs. Mm-hmm. Aaron Aaron Jones is back. You know, it, it, it looked like he might sign elsewhere. Mm-hmm. He's back. He's a, a player who you know is that the rushing receiving threat. AJ Dillon comes in kind of filling in that Jamal Williams role. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, how do we see the touches kind of uh, being divvied up between the two of them? I mean, I think, um, I think there's, you know, a lot of things going on. I think, I think Jones is going to get the bulk of them um, just because he's going to, but I, I think you're going to see a whole lot of, and they, they toy with us a little bit and they now have, I mean, the guys behind him, I think, um, I think Kylan Hill, the rookie is probably going to be the third back. If they keep four Dexter Williams, probably the four, but you need at least like three guys you can trust. You can do something with to do this, but you see a lot of that, that, to the the pony package, the two back personnel they're using a lot, and they they kind of use that a little more as it went on. You know, Dylan kind of took over the Titans game due, because of injuries and stuff. But even the, like in that, that Rams game in the playoff, they had I think eleven snaps or something with Dylan and Jones on the field at the same time. And what you can do with both those guys, I mean, Jones is um, you know like you said receiving back. He was a wide receiver in high school, great hands, very good route runner, runs you know routes on the outside. You'll see from wide receivers like very polished guy. And Dylan can catch too. That knock on him coming out was. He can't catch. And he said, it's not that I can't catch, it's that they wouldn't throw to me. Like I wasn't a system that could throw to me. And based on the limited time we've seen and based on practice stuff, like they view him, uh, they've run him up the seam, I think uh, 10 routes or something last year on one of their favorite concepts. Like they trust him and what we've seen out of camp and stuff so far, like he can catch. And so you've got two guys back there. You know, he's not the prototypical receiving back because he's like 250 pounds, but uh, they can both catch. And so you'll get that. I think you'll get that two back set. And then you can split either of them out wide if you want to. So you can get this, the kind of, you know, power run or pass spread option, whatever you feel like doing. But I think, I, I mean, I'd say probably, I don't know, 60, 40 split with Jones getting the 60, but I do think, you know, 10 to 15 snaps a game, you're going to see both of them on the field at the same time. And depending on how that front looks, they're either going to run that or spread that out and throw it. That sounds, uh, you know, pretty incredible because I mean, to think about the two of them, they're both very different backs. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people, yeah, there, there's been talk about uh, Jones being kind of like in that Alvin, Alvin Kamara role, but I think he's going to get more rushing upside. I mean, he's ran mm-hmm. 200 times last year. It, it's, I mean, it, I mean, really, it's hard not to be optimistic about this backfield, is it? I mean, can can you see A.J. Dillon maybe sneaking some uh, red zone carries away? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's, I mean, like I just said, he's a, he can, he can receive, he can catch the ball. He's fine. You know, not elite speed, but good enough speed down the field, do that. But you'll see him, I mean... The, t- the handful of times in mean, that Titans game, he was just running over guys. And then the times you've seen him in kind of short yardage, when they just can hand on the ball and say, run fast at the middle. I mean, he'll like the, the first guy never brings him down. Like he, he just plows over those dudes. Like he's a big dude. He's a stout dude. That was one of the things, I mean, there was, you know, Packers are so good in the red zone last year. So it's hard to have a whole lot of complaints because I think they were, I think they scored at the highest rate, uh, you know, 78% or something of their trips to the red zone last year. They scored, which is insane. So it's not like, well, they should have done this. They would have been better. Well, it's hard to be a whole lot better than that. But you get those goal line carries. Like 
that's what AJ Dillon's made for, man. Like you had him there. He was dressing. Just hand him the ball and have him run over someone. So I I mean, I really believe, I mean, I think, you know, especially once you get inside the 10, especially inside the five, I, I think you're gonna see fairly heavy usage of AJ Dillon down there. I mean, they're gonna mix it up, they're gonna make it a little different, but but I think he's gonna get his his fair share of carries inside the five for sure. I think those those touchdown numbers, that's one of those if you're looking for fantasy, right? Like he's one of those guys that could it like could vulture some touchdowns, but also put up some pretty decent numbers. Like I, I think he he could be in for a pretty big year as as running back two with a guy of his skill set. Yeah, I think a lot of people are looking at him kind of like drafting him a little bit later in the draft. I mean, obviously, Aaron Aaron Jones is a first round pick. Yeah, first round, maybe early second round pick. Dylan is further back in the draft. Someone that you know maybe to grab is, you know, maybe you went wide receiver heavy early, or mm-hmm. you're grabbing, uh, you're you're you just want to you just decided to grab a third running back or something like that. So, um, well, I touched on wide receiver. Uh, you know. Hard to hard to say. I mean that that Devonte Adams did not have at least one of the greatest seasons in pa- receiving seasons in <laughs> Packer history, uh, but you know one of the one of the great. I mean, eighteen touchdowns over to almost fourteen hundred yards, average ten target, average more than ten targets a game. It's he's in his prime. He's not. Yeah. He doesn't turn twenty nine until the end of the year. Uh, I, I mean, I, again, is this because what you talked about? Aaron Rodgers and everybody in the system. Uh, could we be looking at more of the same? I think so. I mean, I, th- I think his touchdown numbers are going down just because, I mean, I, you know, as well as I do, touchdown numbers are fluky. I mean, they, he is targeted, I think, uh, over the past two years, I think targeted most in the red zone. And, but even, even that, I mean, I think he scored 14 this past year and I think he scored, I don't know, seven or something the previous year. And so it's, it's tough. I mean, his skill set suited for, his his skill set suited for everywhere. He's Devontae Adams. He can do whatever he wants. But in the red zone where you can like you can win, especially if they get him in the slot and you give him an option, you've got a three-way option here, man. If if they're shit, you can you can run the fade, you can run the slant, or you can just try to beat the guy and go vertical up the field. He can just beat you at the line and basically do whatever he wants. And so in the red zone, in that compressed area, if all you need, you see that so many times, like you kind of fake the slant, the guy has no help over the top because he's in the red zone, dude bites and then he just hits the corner because he, he's got that footwork. He can do that. And so I mean, I think you know, touchdowns, I don't know. Um, but I do think, I mean, his numbers, he's he's the number one option on this team. I, I love the receiving core. I think they've got a really a lot of really nice kind of complimentary pieces that do what they need to do in this offense that kind of allow them to run through on a run. But he's, I mean, he's one of, if not the best wide receiver in the game right now. He's, uh, I mean, the best footwork I've seen in a very long time, maybe ever, his get off off the line, just the ways he can beat you. And an offense that puts him around the field, that he can beat you from the slot, he beats you from the outside. And he's got the trust from Rodgers as well. So, I mean, he's obviously the guy they're looking for. They run so much stuff where they're kind of, You've got an option, to, you know, depending on what happens on this one route. You've got you potentially man-to-man with Devontae Adams. And a lot of times in a single high look, like they don't have anyone over Devontae Adams. So you see a lot of that transition go throws that Rogers just like, I got man-to-man, I'm chucking it up because I assume he's going to win. So, I mean, again, I, touchdowns, it's hard to replicate, you know, 18. I don't know he's doing that. But his numbers, I mean, his numbers are going to be his number. He put up numbers with Brett Hundley, man. Like he's, he's yeah. going to put up numbers. <laughs> 
and that's the that, that's the crazy thing. I mean, I, I looked at his numbers, and you know, touchdowns are so fluky with wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But this is a guy he he had three other seasons with with ten touch with you know ten plus touchdowns. So mm-hmm. he has that nose for the. I still have burned in my memory. I'm in L.A., so uh, you know, I'm a I'm a Ram fan. Sorry, I think you know the play. I think you know the play I'm going to talk about. The one where he just you know he went in motion, and then he just yeah, and and J- Jalen Ramsey stomping on the ground, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I know that and one. it's just like and, and it was like that play was so perfectly executed and it was a microcosm for what Devonte Adams does in the red zone, especially near the goal line. I mean, that, it, it's, it, it almost looks like he's unstoppable there. And, and I mean, he's a surefire first round draft pick in fan, in fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I will say speaking from personal experience last year, I grabbed him and I had to, I, I had to kind of limp through the early part of the season <laughs> because he missed those, he missed yep. those, you know, he had that big monster first game and then he missed a couple of games and uh and then he just was unstoppable from then on and actually he was the key to my team finishing on an eight game winning streak and uh making it to the finals you're welcome you're welcome yes yes (laughs) of course of course i needed to not start play against alvin kamara who scored six touchdowns on christmas in the finals so and and, you know but the funny part was (laughs) that that adams uh a couple nights later took you know brought me back to a, a lead but then stefan diggs took care of things on monday night football and <laughs> all good all good all good Devante, muchas gracias un million de gracias so i at least i get the uh the the uh bragging rights of having an eight game winning streak to win the season to finish there you go. and then winning a couple playoff games to to go for it uh well let's get how about the rest of the the rest of the room you talked about you touched on marquez valdez scan mm-hmm. having a good camp you got him you got alan lazard you got devin funches who's also uh been, been you know coming back after two basically two years out of the nfl and mm-hmm. the rookie amari rogers before we talk about the tight ends, is there another receiver who could get who could see significant touches? I mean, targets. I'm. I mean, I'm. I've always been big on MVS. I think that the Valdez Gantling. Uh, I've just his, and part of it's just his speed, man. Like this Packers team's been lacking speed for so long, and he's you know a long dude that can run what four two five or something. Just blazing speed. The stuff you can do, and you've seen kind of steady progression from him. He's been in the league three years. Um, there's complaints, you know. It, people complain about things um but there's complaints that like well he doesn't catch everything well if there was a guy that was as tall as he is that runs a 425 that caught everything he would have been randy moss like you can't you can't have it all right like he was a fifth round pick yeah you got to pick but i mean he does a lot of really good things even if his hands are a little questionable and he's their deep shot guy i mean and and he's a guy who every year i've drafted in fantasy kind of later rounds and i never use him and i like i hope for consistency i mean the problem with him with any deep threat is a lot of times it's boomer bust, right? Like he'll have a huge game. He had a huge game against the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. He's had a huge games here and there, but a lot of times he's not getting the targets because he's that vertical option. And you know, if the, that's that's looked off almost right away. And a lot of times you run that vertical option. You look at the alert. Okay, the safety's over the top of that. Okay, I, you don't come back then the rest of the time. So there's games he'll get. I think that Bucks game he had like ten targets or something. There's other games he'll have you know, two catches on three targets. And sometimes one of those will be a 73 touchdown. And sometimes they'll both be 15 yard digs or something like that. You just don't know. So, I mean, I think he's got a lot of upside, but he's so boomer bust just based on who he is, how they use him. Now, if he shows more consistent hands, yeah, he's a monster, but who knows if that's going to happen. So, I mean, I think he's, he is a breakout candidate. I think if, if he's going to ever be like consistent, this is the year he's in year four, he's at a system that knows how to use him. He's got the trust of Aaron Rodgers. And we've seen him kind of growing. So he's he's potentially a guy. But again, 
I'd be real wary drafting him anywhere near the top. That's kind of a late round flyer in terms of like, we'll see what he does in the first three weeks and if he can keep that up. Um, you know, I love Lazard, but he's never going to be like a big volume guy. Cobb, who knows? I, I love Cobb. I, I, I went to school at University of Kentucky, so Cobb's one of my all-time favorite players. Uh, but he, I don't know how much he's got left in the tank. I think he's already kind of a little dinged up anyway. And Rodgers loves him, but I don't think he's doing much. Amari Rod, Rodgers, probably not seeing much of the field. And I, Funchess... He said he hadn't played in two years. He looked really good this past week in the preseason. Um, by all accounts, he's done really, really well um, practice. And so he could be, he emerges as like a number two, kind of that possession guy. You know, he's still, he's got some speed. He's got some quickness, but I think it's, it's Devonte Adams. It's maybe MVS. It's seeing how Funches does. And then everyone else is just kind of, I'd say borderline undraftable, if not totally undraftable until you see how that shakes out. But that, that's, that feels like the receiver room to me. Maybe maybe those guys that you you play in daily fantasy where you, you know you've got a you know you've got a little bit amount of money left to play and you maybe mm-hmm. they fit that that and you hope that you get a touchdown out of them. Yeah, yeah, you hope I, something I, shakes. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Well, what really shook last year was Robert Tanya. Uh, mm-hmm. And and uh, we had some kind of rumblings here at the Super Bowl. George Kittle was talking him up. He was going to Kittle University, mm-hmm. so oh, Kittle Tight End University. Uh, and and uh, but I mean, I actually I, I do remember at this time last year, people were talking of Jay Sternberger for yeah in, in fantasy. Yeah. But Robert Tunyon came out catches 52 of 59 balls and 11 touchdowns, which is unheard of efficiency. Yeah. I mean, you talked about regression with, with Devonte Adams. What it, it, it's, it's hard to expect that kind of, you know, one out of every five catches to be a mm-hmm. touchdown. Yeah. And it's funny because there's another guy who did that on this roster as well. And that was uh, Mercedes Lewis, <clears throat> excuse me, one of his seasons in Jacksonville. That was like, he had t- 10 touchdowns a year and it was, Oh my gosh. And he was third year in the league or something. He never, never came close to doing that again. I think with Tunyon, he said touchdowns fluky. I don't know. Like it, maybe he catches 20, maybe he catches two this year. Like you have no idea, but I will say, I mean, you know, going into uh 2020 season and the off season, one of my projects was um, I was looking at Jay Sternberger. I was looking at the limited snaps that he had because traditionally it takes tight ends two to three years after being drafted to actually do a whole lot. Just the, the nature of the transition. And Tunyon was a, a wide receiver in college. So he's making that transition anyway. So I'm watching Jay Sternberger, uh, before the 2020 season, kind of getting ready. Okay. What did he show? What does he look like? What can he do? And as I'm watching him, I keep getting drawn to Tunyon. Because you see, like the Tunyon was making like big leaps in 2019. He was on the field a lot. He had he had injury issues and stuff like that. But even the um the playoff game against the Niners that where they just absolutely got housed, the NFC championship game 2019. You could I mean he's they're lining him up in the backfield. He's he's on the line and it was, it was his blocking, you know, his recognition, his blocking, and then some of his route running. You knew he could run routes because he was a wide receiver, but it was that recognition. Like that's the thing that's so hard when you're a tight end, you're coming in. First of all, he was a wide receiver. You're coming in, you're learning NFL routes, but then you're also learning how to be an NFL lineman. And that, that, and then they're also, they're lining him up in the backfield. You got to learn how to be an NFL fullback. That's tough, dude. That's, that's a tough transition. So you could see in 2019, you could, you could see during the season, a light bulb going off. You could see, okay, he may not be at the right place all the time, but like he's not hesitant and he's willing. That's what I always look for out of like a young tight end. Not like, can you block? Cause eventually if you work hard enough, you'll be good enough. It's just, are you trying to block? Are you, do you look like you know what you're doing and are you trying? And he had that effort and he had that recognition. And so like, that was one of my big takeaways from watching Jay Sternberger was 
oh, holy crap, I think Tunyon's going to be really good. And so, I mean, seeing that was not shocking, uh, I think, last year. I think the numbers, you know, were, were certainly higher than I would have expected. But you could see the light bulb going off. So, you know, I don't know if he's going to, you know, approach the efficiency he had this past year. Because like you said, that's that's really hard to do. But I think he's going to have another good year. I think he's perfect for the system. I think he's going to improve his blocking. Uh, he catches everything. Like, I think he had maybe one drop or something last year. Uh, just, and just a really like just seems like could turn into a very, very good player. I don't think on the level of Kittle because I don't know who's on the level of George Kittle, uh, but he's, I, I, I'm, I'm very high on Tony this year. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I can't imagine anybody would be disappointed if he had seven or eight touchdowns with, you know, maybe 55 receptions and he'd still oh, yeah. be a top, he'd still be a top 10 tight end. Yeah. I, oh, for I, sure. I grabbed him at one point. Like, yeah, I, I I kicked myself because I I <laughs> thought of picking him up that Monday Night Football game where he had three touchdowns oh, yeah. and Devonte Adams, and yeah. I just I went a different direction, and oh, you know that that was a part of my own five start. <laughs> that, that was a part of my own five start. Uh, well, you, one of the things that's been kind of the uh, unsung uh, parts of this, you know, success stories in this great run with, mm -hmm. with Aaron Rodgers has been the offensive line. And, uh, it was ranked, ranked number two by pro football focus at the end of last year, but there, you know, it took a, it, it going into this season down to number 19, there are question marks, David Bakhtiari at, uh, at, as the left tackle, one of the best left tackles, if not the best left tackle in the game, but coming mm -hmm. off an ACL surgery, we've seen some photo, some video proof. He was, uh, the, the, the interesting thing is I was listening to his interview with, with Rich Eisen, uh, this morning and oh, yeah. there was no mention of his rehab and where he is. So, you know, it's hard to expect the big guy to be back by, by that game. And, and also there's the loss of Corey Lindsley. Can you, kind of uh, is there worry that the offensive line could have some growing pains early and could that be a detriment like we saw in the, you know maybe not to the level of what we saw in the Super Bowl with uh, Patrick Mahomes running for his life but sure any concern there sure yeah I mean I think listen anytime I mean and Lindsley I, I'm a huge fan of Lindsley I, I I'm perfectly fine they didn't pay him I think he had you know a couple back issues like a, a, an offensive lineman with back issues at that age i'm not a fan of paying that amount but he really was when he was healthy i mean his best year as a pro last year like just mastered the system just looked tremendous so, so i mean losing your center i mean that's huge man and then like you said uh bakhtiari as well i mean like you said potentially one of the best left tackles if not the best left tackle in the league he's been you know kind of all i've seen from the videos and stuff he's been working out on the side you know doing some rehab but I mean, he tore that thing late in the year. Like, I, there's no expectation he's starting starting week one at all. So, I mean, I think you kind of look at you look at the lineup and some of this. I mean, there is you can squint and see like a a good offensive line if things if things go. But there are just a lot of unknowns. It's I mean, you're looking at center. You're looking at probably I mean, likely starting Josh Myers. He's been running with the ones. He's the rookie out of Ohio State. Uh, I think he's going to be good. Uh, he showed some good things in the preseason game, but he's a rookie. Uh, you don't, you don't really know. Uh, it's, it's one of those unknowns. And so you've got, you've got him. And then, you know, if you just want to go to left tackle, uh, cause we don't know, it, it, no one knows what's going on with left tackle. Elton Jenkins has been playing a lot over there. Um, which I really like Jenkins kind of in his natural spot, just because you like to keep guys where they're strong, but by all accounts, like he's not giving up anything over at left tackle. So if you're, you're starting, it's possibly left tackle. And I don't think he's going to go out there and be like 
an absolute rock. He's not letting anyone by, but all accounts are, he's just, he's locked down over there in practice. So if you go in and you move, you bump him out from left guard and you've got him left tackle, that's not the worst thing in the world, but then you've got the interior. Uh, you know, if he, if he bumps over, that's kind of thing right now, they're trying to figure out who goes on left guard spot. Well, uh, John Runyon Jr. was kind of the everyone, everyone's you know sexy pick for that, and he got for one reason or another he he got blown up in this preseason game. Now it's just one preseason game, I don't know, but it was kind of this that may have been the steal of the draft in 2019. Like maybe he's he's like the future of their interior guard. And he's got murdered, so maybe he's the guy, maybe he's not. And then you got Lucas Patrick, who's been there for a very long time, and Lucas Patrick is fine, like he's fine. You got uh, Billy Turner. Um, at right tackle, who is a better tackle than a guard. He did a very, very well for the most part last year of our right tackle. So I'm fine there. And then after that, it, it gets, you know, they got Ben Braden, uh, Dennis Kelly, they brought in from the Titans is kind of a swing tackle there. Uh, so maybe, maybe then he's your left tackle and maybe you keep Elton Jenkins at left guard, something like that. Like it's, it's kind of, there's so much you've got, uh, basically you've got, you know, you've got Josh Myers. This is my thoughts anyway, Josh Myers at center. And then you've, you know, you've got Billy Turner at right tackle and you've got Elton Jenkins somewhere on the left side. My gut right now tells me left tackle, which leaves both guard spots kind of up in the air right now, and no one's really sealing that. right? I mean, like Ooh. again, one preseason game, they didn't look good, and the reports out of uh, out of practice and uh, spring training, or training camp and all that stuff so far has been no one's really grabbed that job yet. And so, I mean, some of that interior pressure, man, that – They'll figure out the teams will figure out a way to attack that. So yeah, I mean, I, I certainly a better situation. Again, I think the the tackle positions are unlocked and the center looks pretty good. I think, and so that's good. That that's a good start. But there's absolutely some concern there. Uh, we got a question uh, in our comments section. Uh, I think you kind of already answered this. Senior Gums uh, mentioned which receiver excites you the most, but I think you may have already. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm outside I'm, of Adams. <laughs> outside of Adams, I'm. I just love uh, Marquez Valdez Gandling so much. I mean, just his his speed, his size, his attitude. I love him. I mean, it, and I I talked to him a bunch. Um, but the other guy would be Amari Rogers. I don't know how many touches he's getting this year, but I love him. I loved his his tape in college. College. I love, uh, by all accounts, like a like a really smart dude, a guy that just studies. Um, they, they say he's been like you know spending nights with the playbook, making sure he gets every nuance. He's picking everyone's brain. Um, I think I don't think this year, but I think down the line he's going to be very very good for them. But this year, yeah, it's 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 Valdez Scantling. I've been I've been pounding the table, telling everyone Marcus Valdez Scantling has been good uh, for like at least the past two years. Uh, and last year, people started to listen a little bit. I think this year, um, I, I think the sky's the limit for him. Again, I, I think maybe limited touches, but I'm really, really excited about Valdez Scantling. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to remember this on my drafts so that maybe they weekend. <laughs> yeah. So this, this yeah. Is, blame me when it all goes bad. Already. No, 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 no. <laughs> he's going to be he's going to be that flyer that's going to pay off for me at some point. So last last football question: the the defense is is you know phenomenal against the pass jair alexander if he's not the mm -hmm. best cornerback in the nfl he they're not taking roll call very long before they call his name <laughs> yeah. the running game against the running game there there are some holes i saw that uh in fantasy points per game they were number 28 against running backs mm -hmm. uh and so you know is this uh is this still a defense that is is going to be you know strong against the pass and maybe a little more lean you know maybe more 
uh, yeah. lenient against the run. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, honestly, I think from defensive structure standpoint, I think that's kind of where the league's going anyway. Uh, you kind of give that up because it's, it's either, you, either you have the threat of an explosive pass and they go for 20 plus yards or you give up a four yard run. It's, it's hard to sustain. I mean, you've seen that. I mean, the Vikings have operated that the past year, the past couple of years as a, as, as a team trying to run offense, it's way harder to sustain a, a, a running game the entire game because there's, there's so there's so much less margin for error. So I think you're going to see defenses kind of force teams into that. Uh, so I do, th- I think they're going to be weaker just because part of it by choice, but also if you look at the talent on the team, I mean, like you said, you, it was Jair Alexander. It's also on the back end. It's Adrian Amos. It's uh, Darnell Savage. Um, you know, Stokes is a rookie. I don't expect him to do a ton this year. I like uh, Shamar John Charles a lot. Uh, the draft pick, I think at a TCU, uh, but he, I don't think he's doing much this year. Channon Sullivan's fine. Uh, for the most part, but that, I mean, the, it's it's a strong, especially the back end of that secondary is really really good. And then Jair's just just locked down, man, just locked down. And then you look at, I mean, Kenny Clark. I love Kenny Clark up front. Kenny Clark up front is just an absolute monster. And then it's Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, who I'm all high on, but those are all pass rushers. Uh, they've got no inside linebackers to speak of. Uh, they signed Devondre Campbell, uh, I think, on a one year deal. I think maybe two years, but one of them was a void year that could come in and kind of be that vet. You had Chris Barnes last year, kind of show a little bit um, out of UCLA. Like maybe he could do something, but like nothing flashy, just fine. Kamal Martin was kind of a guy with, with maybe a little bit outside there. Oren Burks has been a guy they've been dreaming on for a while to do something in inside linebacker. And he showed up in the preseason, but maybe he gets it. Maybe he doesn't, but that line, I mean, in my mind, you build, you know, stop the run linebackers. I, I, I legit, I don't really care about linebackers at all. It's the defensive line. What do you do on the defense? defensive line and that the run stoppers on defensive line it's kenny clark it's tyler lancaster who's just a, he's a big body he's not going to give you much but he's a big body and it's um dean lowry who like fine but he i don't i still don't understand how he fits in the system there's there's one guy that could throw a monkey wrench into this which would be um tj slayton who's the fifth round draft pick out of uh, florida this past year that dude's like 350 like six four he's six four 350 like just a just a big big man like can't can't rush the passer gets real tired real quick, but you can't move him. Like you've, you've seen him in the preseason game. He was doing this in practice. He was doing this. You saw flashes of this at Florida. He's just stout there. So, I mean, I think I hope the run game is better this year. The, the defense, just because it's Kenny Clark and then you get Slayton in there during obvious, you know, rushing attempts and he just clogs up the middle. And I think just based on, without getting too deep into it, I think defensive alignment, just how they're playing their line, they're kind of, they're looking for that and then kind of fill in some of those holes with the safety. So I think, I think it'll be a little better. I think the defense uh, or the run defense will be a little better this year, just more based on the kind of scheme they're playing and a couple of the bodies up front. But I don't, I mean, they're not going to be, you know, top half of the league. I don't think, I still think they're going to be pretty bad against the run. All right. Well, that's something I'm going to keep in mind every time I've got a running back that could be, you know, yes, if, seriously. I, if I see yeah. them, I have a running back going stream them, them, man, stream them. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Dusty, this has been fantastic. And I want to close on something that always makes everybody smile. And you've got some insider uh, experience on this uh, from a family connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, you know, favorite Mexican food, favorite tacos, just, and, and you've had access to some of the best. Yeah, man. And I wish I could remember the name of the place. My wife is from McAllen, Texas. Uh, and it's been a while since we've been down there, but there's a place down there that makes the best tamales I've ever had in my life. Uh, and I'm, I'm blanking on what the name of it is. I mean, there's people in her neighborhood that would do like the homemade ones and everything. But I was, you know, conveniently never down there. Uh, when when they brought those by, so unfortunately I never got those. Um, so I, I love I love a good just 
I love a good tamale, like an authentic tamale, just absolutely amazing. Um, I think as far as like what I can access, because I actually live in Kentucky, what I can access here, and there's some there's some good Mexican food here. We've got the office that I work at, the job I work for. We'll you know every week we'll bring by food trucks. There's a food truck that comes by. Uh, I'm blanking on the name of it now. They've changed their name like three or four times at this point, but just they've got like just a, just a classic steak taco. They roll it up, the chopped onion, the cilantro, you get a little kind of like the, the, the green, I uh, was that verde salsa, I guess. And some really hot, like just a dot of the red stuff, a little bit of sour cream on there, like just real basic. I don't no cheese, no anything. I go with, you know, the onions and cilantro is the base and just dress it up a little bit here and there. And just the little street tacos. I love those things, man. Like it's been a while since I've had them because I'm not going to the office too much anymore. I'm doing a lot of work from home. Uh, but as far as what I can get around here on a regular basis, every time that food truck comes by, if, even if I'm not working at the office, a lot of times I'll try to make it up there and eat lunch at the office. So, <laughs> so <laughs> car- car- are you more carne asada or pollo or any other? Uh, yeah, I think more carne, carne asada. I'll go, um, you know, if I'm feeling froggy, they've got a... Um, They've got a quesadilla that's called the El Jefe, and they've got uh, it's four types of meat. They do uh, they do steak, they do barbacoa, uh, they do pork, and they do something else. And like you'll just I just take a nap the rest of the afternoon because I know I'm done <laughs> after I eat it. But uh, yeah, like a good man, like a good barbacoa or something. I'm probably saying that horribly. No, no, um, está bien, está bien. Is, is that it? okay? All right. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll like barbacoa quesadilla. Um, not a whole lot of places I can find with that, with with a good one of those. When I find a good one of those, I'll I'll, I'll I will eat that. Oh man, uh, Dusty, I, we we went a little bit over because I know you've got your own podcast to get to. So uh, we're gonna close up shop. Te digo un millón de gracias. Please say hello to your wife. Uh, tell we'll her do. tell her that uh, my family is from Jalisco, so okay. uh, just a little bit a little bit further down from the border, a little further down into the to the west. But uh, please tell everybody. Please tell our familia community and all the people who've been following us on Periscope and on YouTube mm-hmm. today where they can find your great work. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, you can follow, I post pretty much everything over on Twitter, which is just at dusty evilly. Um, you know, during the, during the season, it's weekly over on Cheesehead TV, kind of breaking down passing concepts and then twice weekly over at Packer report where I do one big play. And then I look at uh, kind of a, a blitz package that the Packers brought that week. So uh, I'm all over the place during the season. Um, I just bl- blitz until Wednesday and then I sleep until Sunday basically. <laughs> but you can, you know, you just, if you follow me on Twitter at dusty evil, I, I, I will spam that feed with everything I end up writing. So. Oh, fantastico. Well, uh, otra vez, un gran placer, familia. Eso es todo for our show. Uh, special thanks to Anchor for being our hosting network and putting our podcast, uh, the audio version out on Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast, please make sure to subscribe. Also, please subscribe at YouTube at Familia, familia FFB. You can find us here. You, they, they brought us our faces tonight. So uh, <laughs> also, and uh, so please, hopefully you can give us a like and uh, give us a subscription, get our, get our numbers up going up there. So, uh, so we keep, keep bringing you fantasy football con sabor Latino. And again, uh, also make sure to go to our familia FFB.com page and you can find all my content at Jorge Martin 17. Yeah, I, I post content on the, on familia FFB.com. So, and also our Twitter and Instagram familia ffb otra vez dusty thank you so much muchas gracias thank you so much todos somos familia salud